Hey guys, welcome back to Science Grads New Zealand. I'm Lorenzo. And I'm Kaiman. And I'm Kyra. <laughs> Obviously, Lorenzo doesn't do much intros. You were meant to introduce our, our guest. She doesn't introduce ah, herself. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. It kind of flowed really well, though. I liked it. Um, <laughs> yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's um, very cool um, that you guys are doing this. I think, yeah, when I was an undergrad um, or just getting into uni, I think it would have been very useful to have something like this. Um, going along because all yeah because all you you hear about uni is from um the university people who want you and want your money so <laughs> that yeah th that's what i said not the money part but the whole um i <laughs> wish i had the the whole i wish i had somebody do this when i was still in first year or even in high school not that i would have listened to it because i i rarely listen right. to things that isn't music but it would have been really useful to know that i could totally at some point be like I wonder what people what wonder what you could do, right? So I guess exploring that we'd like, we'd like to ask, what got you into science? Um, was it something in you know, your early days you, you watch a cartoon that was like, oh that's cool, or you read read some books? Was it, you know, parents' influence that kind of got you into science? Um yeah, for me it wasn't one set um a moment or experience. I think it's been a collection of um uh, of, of little moments that have um, a peppered my life. Um, like my grandfather, he was a, a, a lecturer, and um, um, and I always knew that. And um, uh, as a kid, I didn't really pay much attention to it. Um, but that was always, you know, in the background. Um, throughout high school, I just naturally gravitated toward biology. Um, I found it super interesting but also I was good at it which I think is a really um, healthy combination to have um I definitely am one of those people who don't like to um jump into things if I'm not immediately good at it I really like that positive reinforcement immediately um and so, and so I think it was one of those things too um yeah I I think in high school nothing really um pushed me in a certain way, um, like science did. I was, um, uh, yeah, and, um, you, you know, it's always undertoned with this, uh, real passion to, to, to help people. And I think, um, going into undergrad as a health science student, um, the Bachelor of Health Sciences program at the university was, um, really, really cool. So I went into that, like, um, really wanting to explore the topics that were going on there um and all of the other people that i knew who were doing health sci at the time was really med focused um it was an option for me but it wasn't what i was wanting to do and i kind of knew that um uh and then i really knew that in chem 110 um uh, <laughs> the first assignment where i got a 32 percent um <laughs> That number um, still sticks so around. Oh yeah, no, I the night before I, <laughs> I had a panic attack in the shower, uh, and I busted my lip. I still did it though. I still did it. Um. So, sorry. Just gonna just gonna bring it back, bring it back a bit to um, the high school. 
Because I remember we were in the same we were in the same class a few times. I think from bio. We had some good. We had some. We had some good bio teachers. I think. I think I I can attribute going to uni and taking bio due to some good bio teachers. Specifically, I think in year thirteen was Mrs. O'Brien. She was one of the few bio teachers. Uh, Kaiman, who she she wouldn't do assignments or homework because the way she put it is she would set it right, and you could. Whether you do it or not is like entirely up to you, whether you, you make the most out of it. What matters is like your effort in class. And surprisingly enough, mm-hmm. she would never set assignments, but the class engagement was like, I'm pretty sure if there was a metric for it, it was like 100%. She had very small classes, but like everyone was always like working and it was good. Yeah. And my biology teacher, um, I think a lot of people in my school really gravitated towards biology as well. Well, I think mean, she didn't give us no assignments, but she... Really, she was one of those teachers that actually cared about our, our study and our research. And um, yeah, and it's funny that her name was also um, Sandy Fraser Ball. So we used to make a lot of fun, like a lot of fun with, with her names as well. But um, no, I think like, I think like what Kyra said, it's it's quite important, right? To it, it seems a bit weird to be like, I started doing this because I was good at it. But I mean, a lot of these days, like why, why would you do something that, your crap at and then be like I no, wanna, you, you I could wanna. be very spiteful I yeah. guess. <laughs> but it's I, I think it's yeah it's important to kind of have those influences in high school right or even whenever you have them because um they're the ones that kind of show you I guess kind of give you the right step in the right direction to kind of see where you're going as well also just a heads up Kyra your video and your voice are lagging on my side so it's actually quite funny because you move and then nothing talks but then You'd start talking, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> at least the audio is okay. That's all good. I think I think the audio the audio comes out in chunk, so nothing gets lost. Nothing gets lost in translation, and I'm sure once we have your side of the recording, okay. it'll be clear. It's just that, like for us, like suddenly five words happen within a span of two seconds after like a pause. That's so weird. I hate that. I think it's because I'm a bit too far away from the modem. That's all good. And we're not, we, we're going to, we're going to keep this, we'll keep this in here as well. We're not, we're not going to, we're not going to edit this out. Okay, great. Thank you for that. <laughs> sorry, sorry for the segue, but um, yeah, so um, like Lorenzo said, um, yeah, so high school kind of was kind of where you started doing uh, more science and what made you gravitate towards health science more than biomed? Um, yeah, good question. Um. So I, um, so I think during the end of, of high school, um, I was really involved in like, um, uh, a Tumblr and it sounds weird now. There is a connection, I promise. But, um, you know, um, at that time it was, it was peak social activism and, um, you know, like talking about how to affect the most change with, you know, just you and your agency and what you can contribute to the world um and at that point i i understood that um the a medical um a side of things you know you can it's a such important work and it's such important piece of the uh, a puzzle but it's a temporary solution to um people getting sick um you know what i mean it's just it's at the end of the cliff right um and what i really liked about health sci um was that it's focusing on all the other aspects of health that you don't really think about, like um, education and and housing and and all those big upstream factors. Um, 
And so if you address those things, although it's hard, <laughs> um, you know, you can uh, prevent people from getting sick in the first place. And and that's where I kind of wanted to be. And I knew that HealthSci um, addressed that. We're talking about health inequities and and making it really close to home with the Indigenous population of New Zealand. And um, yeah, um, yeah. so I think it was a, a really important to me that I explore not only the the, the uh, um, history of this country and the health system, but also the problems with it. And um, I think you, you can only really um, affect a big change or make a difference um, if you know the context and also how um, it's not working. And I, and I think that's what uh, the health side degree offered me, uh, just a fresh perspective um, and a way of thinking that um, still informs in my, um, you know, um, actions and stuff today. So, um, yeah, so it was during that end of high school thing, I just kind of knew that I, um, I wasn't, uh, I don't want to say cut out, but I'd, I didn't want to be on that medical side of things. Um, I thought I could use my talents elsewhere to yeah. uh, cast a wider net and make a bigger change. Right. Yeah. Do Do you think? Um, right. So, so your decision to really go into health side was really influenced by kind of like what was the thing at the time. But you're still very much. Yeah, I think that was the right call. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I think. Um, yeah. Like I. Yeah, that's not to say that I didn't try to get into med or um, uh, was, uh, you know, like, I uh, was a bit sad when I, I didn't. But I think going through second year and third year of HealthSight really um, solidified my um, my uh, choice. And also, it yeah, I think it, it just opened up so many new avenues um, for me um, as well. Yeah. So here's the here's the interesting thing. So you, yeah. what did you do after health sci after undergrad? Yeah, sure. So, um, so at that end of first year, I was doing a combination of health sci papers and med sci and bio papers, and I really really enjoyed that that combination. Um, and so in second year, I picked up a, a pharmacology a conjoint as well. And so I spent half my time at Tomkey campus um, and then half my time at uh, either Grafton or City. Um, and so if I wasn't in a lecture theater, I was on a bus uh, somewhere. Um, yeah. got, got really intimate with the orphan transport system. Um, <laughs> um, and I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm still a bit bitter that the Tomkey campus has now moved to Grafton and it's just across the, wall, <laughs> the way, <laughs> it's right next door. That's fine. Um, yeah, so I I really love that that a combination of like health system upstream um, thinking supplemented by, you know, um, very in depth yeah. mechanism of action of how drugs work. Honestly, legit. So <laughs> the two opposite ends of of medical science and health, you've got community level knowledge and the literal the drug level knowledge. So Just everything everything except for the middle. <laughs> Exactly. I honestly uh, felt like I was getting the best of both worlds. Yeah. So then after, after so after so second third year you went you went and also did pharmacology papers and then after that you did uh, you started a postgrad. What was your postgrad um, in? Yeah. So um, my conjoint degree, at, um, I think all up took about four and a half years. 
So I, I finished in um, after semester one of 2018 and so I took the second um, a semester of 2018 to just kind of chill for a bit. I was still doing some um, a couple TA jobs. So I was a TA for a teaching assistant for um, a couple pharmac pharmacology papers. Um, and in the downtime, I was kind of thinking about what my options are. Um, and I wasn't really keen on getting out into the workforce just yet. Um, and I thought that I, like the knowledge I had learned so far w was great, but I felt like I didn't really know enough. Um, and so um, I thought that uh, a one year honors degree would be perfect for that. It would be, uh, um, I'm learning a lot, but then also putting that to practice and um, uh, finding out something novel, um, something cool. And um, yeah, so uh, during that off time in, in semester two, I, uh, I went to this postgrad um, evening where I was uh, here a bit my NAS supervisor, Dr. Emma Scotter, and um, I actually asked her if her colleague had any projects available. And so she um, wrote, um, wrote down like a find a thesis or something on her phone and emailed it to me, um, which I think was very cool. And then I saw that she had a project available um, that looked super, super cool. <laughs> that looked super cool. And I felt a bit sh um, sheepish <laughs> afterward for for that interaction. But um, yeah, I, um, I I sent her an email and we organized a, a meeting. And I think everything just happens for a reason because the two courses that I was TAing, the, um, the a course coordinator for that, Dr. Rachel, uh, Rachel Cameron, she um, is actually good friends with Emma, and so she put in a good word, and it all worked out very well. Oh yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, oh, you, you were teeing um, two or four, I think. Would it would have maybe? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. I I remember Rachel Cameron. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So that's how I got my honors project, and um, uh, best thing I ever did. I really enjoyed that year. So, what was your honors project on? Yeah, so I um, I was um, I'm part of the Motor Neuron Disease Research Lab. Um, it's the only one in the country, um, founded by a Dr. M. Scotto when she um, after she moved back from uh, King's College, London, um, to here, and she started the lab. Um, and I was looking at a specific um, a cause of motor neuron. Sorry, a specific genetic cause of motor neuron disease um, in a family um, living in New Zealand. Um, and the way that it was assessed by the um, American College of, Medi of Medical Genetics was that um, the, the gene variant was uncertain uh, significance, so they didn't know whether they were, it, it was causing disease in this family or not. And so um, I was lucky enough to um, to use some of the postmortem tissue that this patient um, donated to the brain bank uh, at the Neurological Foundation and Center for Brain Research, and um, I I did some immunofluorescence uh, studies on this on this brain and, com and uh, compared it to cases um, that are known uh, pathogenic causes, and um, found a signature 
And using that signature, we were able to uh, prove that it, 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 is, it, it is causing the disease. And um, that's, uh, yeah, that was pretty cool for an honors project. <laughs> that's, pretty, that's, that's, that's pretty great sounding, actually, for like, yeah, honors. Because, well, honors is about half a year of, of lab work. I did a pharmacology honors, which meant that I had to do four papers in addition to um, a thesis. Um, and it was tough. It was a very, very tough year. Um, I also had a part-time job. I worked at the warehouse as well every Sunday. <laughs> yeah, but a, a very, very cool year. And I think um, I got to meet so many new people, um, like uh, people who were also doing their honours, but also the wider lab groups. Um, and that was very fun. Right. I, th I think at some point as well, you you were pretty involved with um, with Sam's. Yeah, I just wanted to get involved in everything, so um, I was <laughs> I was involved with with uh, uh, Sam's, and I was involved with the PGSA. <laughs> um, so uh, I was looking after the undergrad students and also advocating for the postgrad students at the same time, um, and that was very fun. Like I really enjoy talking to people and. Uh, collaborating wherever I could so uh, that was a good way for me to get to know people in the faculty because like contrary to a popular belief like um, I didn't I don't really I didn't really know many people and that was just because my time was split between Tamki and Grafton so I was never in one place for a long enough time you know to mm -hmm. build uh, connections and so that was really important for me was to um, uh, try and, cr and uh, create that environment. And um, for, for people that don't know, SAMS is the Student Association for Medical Science and PGSA is Postgraduate Student Association. So just in case exactly. people are wondering what these, yeah. what these four letter words are, <laughs> they're not receptors, they're not drug names, it's, it's actual <laughs> organizations that exist within uni, especially in Grafton. Right. So then, after your after your, after your honors year, you obviously enjoyed your research a lot. Did you decide to? You, I mean, you clearly decided to continue in research path because now you're doing your PhD. So at the end of honors, I was super burnt out. I think um, that last month or so, like about a month and a half, every day I was in the lab, even on weekends, Saturday, Sunday, I was I was there. So, um, uh, and that was just because uh, the workload was just so much. You know, like you. In order to, to uh, pass that degree and get a scholarship, you know, um, the University of Auckland um, a doctoral scholarship, you need to have a GPA of at least eight and above, which is like um, an, an A average um, across the uh, across both your um, your thesis, but also the papers that you do. So I could like I needed to um, put 100% into all of those things. Um, so yeah, having four papers, I tried to um, do half and half, or um, sorry, do most of them in the first semester, and then the second semester I could focus on my thesis. Um, but it ended up being like a, a three paper, a one paper split, um, and so I, I I had like an assignment. Um, due uh, the same week as my thesis or something stupid like that. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, so that last month I was su I was super burnt out, and so I just I just t I t took 
a week or so off and I was just thinking like do I want to do research like I, I had mad imposter syndrome um as well um and 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 just unsure uh, of it all um my experience was like was awesome I had the uh, uh, best supervisory team and the people that I met along the way were uh, super cool but I think I just didn't think that I had it in me to do further research but um but then my supervisor Emma uh, set me, um um um, organized a, a meeting for us um, and without uh, missing a beat she was kind of like okay, so you'll start your PhD at this time at this time this time I've got funding for you like uh, this is what you'll do I think you'll be good at this blah 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 and I was like oh my god I think it was that moment it was kind of like someone else has this um, like a faith in me and like um, can see something yeah. in me that I, I couldn't necessarily at the time and um, it made me realize how important it is to have someone in that kind of like level um, and a position at the university or like in their a career kind of like rooting for you and seeing that spark in you. Um, that's that's definitely such yeah. a, I think imposter syndrome is such a millennial issue. It's so common in like everybody <laughs> our age, but it's so easily remedied by having your boss or somebody with experience tell you you're doing fine. They don't necessarily have to tell you you're doing exactly. an absolute bang of job, but they just say, you're fine. And you're like, I'm doing fine. Like, that's that's all you need to hear. Exactly. Right? You, you could be, you could think that you're doing the worst job, but you're putting in all this effort. But then someone tells you, look, that's what happened to me when I was in your position five, ten years ago. And you're just like, oh, oh, great. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm on track. And by the sounds of it, even if, um, I, th I guess if you're someone looking for a PhD as well, if you, if you don't get the scholarship, just get into a lab group with lots of funding. And they will, sort of <laughs> exactly. they will sort you out if they like you enough. So exactly yeah. for sure. So um, might, might yeah, be a I bit more I, difficult I, to find the ideal PhD student than it is to get the funding. I feel like some some people might really nitpick and want a student that they know is going to do the right job. Oh yeah, for sure. But I think it's also a testament to to just um like working well with your supervisor. Like it is so. Like I was gonna say, it's under um, it's underestimated, but I think it's perfectly um, rated that a supervisor um, should be a good fit for you. So, are you able to talk a little bit more about your PhD project? Is that kind of like an add-on to your honors, or is it kind of embargoed at the moment what you're doing? Because I know that there are some projects that are out there that you can't really talk much about because it is these IP issues. There's other competitors looking at the same. Um, I guess project as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Very similar to that. I think I um, I'm working on uh, a carry on of my honors project, uh, which I think is the good thing about doing a PhD with the same supervisor um, as well. And I think that also just means you can get off um, uh, like off the bat and just start running uh, because you don't need to spend that time again a building a relationship and understanding a project I was uh, very well immersed in it um, as soon as I started which is good um, and yeah I think my PhD work now is more cell based rather than um, a tissue side of it as it was in my honours I'm still working on little aspects of my honours project and um, working on manuscripts and stuff now um, but, yeah but also looking to um, 
incorporate that cell stuff um, in there. Um, a tissue just follows me around. <laughs> I keep finding cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's kind of great that you get to build on something you did as well. And it makes for a really yeah. cool kind of time capsule at the end of your PhD to look back and go, I wonder what my writing looks like now. My honors writing looks like compared to how Gross. I write with my PhD. Because <laughs> I know for a fact, after my master's, I looked at that and go, okay, so this is obviously like decent writing considering my grade. I got, you know, it's it was a pretty good writing, a lot of help from my supervisor. Yeah. I look back to some assignments that I wrote in like first and second year and I thought, wow, this is trash. How did I pass it's ridiculous. this class? Oh. I'm just thinking, oh, yeah. ah. I had that all you the don't, time. You, don't, you kind of don't really, you don't feel the improvement in your writing since a lot of the time you could, your writing itself could be improving but your grade wouldn't be improving. It's just that the standard to get to that same grade that you used to always get is increasing as yeah. you progress through the years. That's, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to see what my writing would look like if I continued my master's and made a, you know, went for a PhD, that same thing, but that's never going to happen. Right, why right. would you torment yourself and go back and look at all of your past stuff like, i don't I know i thought it, i thought it was interesting i found a file i was cleaning up my recycle bin and i thought oh that's interesting why, it's a why, second year uni why do your why is your recycling bin going all the way back to god knows what year that was yeah it, there was an entire hard drive in a hard drive's worth of junk well i mean i haven't even opened my my thesis since i've submitted it that's that's how tormenting it was that whole that whole year. It's, I, so I don't know why you would go all the way back to first year. Yeah, this is actually why I've I've changed browsers, by the way. I went off of Chrome because Chrome still has all the... Uh, if I type in N, it comes up with NCBI. And it's just like all the things that I search out about phospho and type 3 kinase comes up. It's everything. And I'm like, no. You, you know you can clear history, right? I mean, that is that is a function that Chrome has. Yeah, I, that, that is a function too. But I, I was just like, ah, whatever. Just change browser. Chrome is slow anyway. So for me, at least. So second year. So now now you're in your second year. Mm-hmm. How's that going? Because right, right now, obviously, COVID's kind of made things a bit difficult. <laughs> like anybody's listening, we're recording this at the time where it's what the third lockdown that Auckland's gone into I think in the second the second or the third level four as well I believe or the second level yeah. four, one, of, one of them so yeah how's that going because over here in Sydney uh, I know it's a bit of a, a mess and some labs are closed and some labs only allow a certain amount of people in how's that going over there yeah so funnily enough I started my PhD in May of 2020. So we were still um, in lockdown at that time or like level three or something. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, there was work to do and there's always reading to do, there's always writing to do. Um, that uh, a, a literature review and uh, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, but I was very happy to get back into the lab and um, learn some new techniques and um, and things like that, and um, and then my supervisor was actually offered a job at SBS, and um, at the end of last year, and so um, we, being the entire lab group, we all moved from Grafton Five Hundred Three, um, the, the Center for Brain Research. We all moved to the Thomas Building um, at SBS, um, 
so uh, we have our own lab there now. So no more shared lab stuff. It's just it's all ours, which is awesome, very very cool. But you also realize um, how expensive things are and um, 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 how good it is to have other people do dishes for you in the lab <laughs> um, and chores. Um, but it's also been good because I think we're a, a collaborating. Well, not yet, but we have the opportunity to. Uh, I collaborate with so many more people now at um, in SBS, um, and I'm also still uh, supervised by um, uh, Dr. Mike Dra um, uh, Mike Dragonow up in Grafton, and so I'm split. Uh, I can use some of the re yeah. I can go there. I can go there sometimes if I wanted to. Um, I, I use all the microscopes and all the good stuff, um, but still I come back to SBS and have that as a home base. So, yeah, so um, we moved last year, and this year had just been setting up the lab and um, getting new lab members and um, um, all that stuff. So it's been good. It's definitely not what I expected. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, um, yeah. like, I, so many people say uh, you've got a, a plan for your PhD, and then it never turns out like that. Um, and I thought I would be different. I thought I would be the ex um, exception. But no, um, things change. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure if people, if, if there was a, if there was a kind of, um, a tally that dropped the dollar every time a student thought that their PhD would go exactly to plan, there would be about several billion dollars in that pot by now. Uh, the unfortunate thing is like, it's three, it's at least three years for most of these things, even in a master's project or even honors, something could change that would just, you know. Could go one way or another. Doesn't mean change is a bad thing. Change is, change can be good. Depends on how you how you react to the change, I guess, and how you um adapt to it. So yeah. That being said, we're getting kinda of towards the end, right? And here's the thing with the thing with this whole podcast is we'd like to ask, what would you say? What's what's the kind of piece of advice that you'd give to uh seventeen, eighteen year old Kyra or anybody else who is in that position of, you know, trying to get into uni, um, they understand the kind of greater scope of healthcare, um, the, you know, what health science is, and having done just bio and mostly kind of like cellular stuff, what kind of piece of advice could you give? Um, it's such a tough question. Like, I really love where I am at the moment, which um, I'm super proud to say, and very happy to say that. So yeah, just, uh, yeah, do what you did. Um, you know, um, I think all the all the really hard um, days, you know, of, uh, commuting from East Auckland, and um, all those days in the library, level five was my jam. Um, uh, totally worth it. Um, I think um, your work ethic will um, never fail you. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I think. Be more open, take more risks, um, uh, join that cool club, you know, that you wanted to join but was too shy to do so or something, you know. Um, I think I, I, I think in my honours year specifically, I really took advantage of um, every opportunity that was there in terms of like getting involved with SAMS and, and, and the PGSA. Um, and um, um, this year I was able to run a conference um and chair that uh, it's the, the health x conference and um and that was super fun 
as well. And I think um, all of those cool stuff that seem so intimidating, um, it's not really intimidating if you just work hard and, um, and, and have an open mind. So, um, apart so believe, from doing exactly believe in yourself. Did, yeah, apart from doing exactly what you did, just um, uh, nothing is as scary and unattainable as you think it is. I think one thing that I like to input is also it's, it's always good to kind of know where your capacity is as well, right? Like, like you said in your honors here, you did 16 different thousand things, but it's always good to kind of know where that limit is as well. Cause, um, I was reading a, um, article by Nick Allen. He's like, he has MS and, um, he's like a mountain climber and he talks about your capacity as kind of like an, like an envelope. You don't want to, you don't want to have too much of your letter, um, because it's too hard to shove it into an envelope, right? You always want to give yourself that bit of space and that space he kind of talks about is the unknown of life. And that's always something you need to be able to do. It's good to kind of know where your limit is so that you know how far you can go. And like Kara said, just don't be afraid to do whatever you want. Just go for it. And I mean, it might be the best thing you've done in your life. may not be, but then you finally know whether you'd have to wonder about whether or not it was worth it or not. Definitely, 100%. And I also think just talking to as many people as you can, you know, if you if you see someone in a position that you kind of want to be in, you know, whether that's um, a the, the, uh, um, head of a research lab or um, a lecturer, you know, um, these people are, are really willing to, to have a talk with you. So just reach out to them and, um, and try and make that happen. And more often than not, it will. You gotta take off all the um the what could what could be or the unknowns. Definitely. All right. Anything else? Uh, any anything else to say, Kaiman? No, I'm good. Thanks. Cool. I think that's it. We'll see you guys next time. See you, everyone. Great. Thank you guys for having me. <laughs>